welcome to Hit for Six. It's a, I don't know, it's a grey and rather depressing day in the UK. What's it like in Canada, Michael? Also grey. Although maybe not as depressing, I would say. So uh, it's going to get a bit lighter. It's just um, it's early morning for me, so it's still getting there. So, can, um, Michael, for those who don't know, you have relocated to Montreal. How's your how's your French Canadian? Well, you know, Rob, when you get the call up from the Canadian national cricket team ahead of the T Twenty World Cup next year, you have to say yes. So, uh, yeah, very exciting. Uh, my my French is. Not there yet. I wasn't even able to say that in French, um, but uh, I'll get there. The course has been quite intense. I did play a cricket match, to be pleased to hear, and I took zero wickets and got zero runs. So that was excellent. But there were three drop catches of my bowling. So that's my only uh, disclaimer. Uh, how's London? Uh, it's, it's, mate, the weather's been beautiful until recently. The last week has turned, but we were getting like into October and it was like 23 degrees and sunny. So um, that that was nice, but thank uh, you, global warming. Well, quite, yeah. Um, <laughs> sort of, I'll in, I'll enjoy the perks, even though it probably is a portent of of great doom and distress for many years to come. Uh, but uh, otherwise, good. A lot going on, mate. You got also got the Premier League, and uh, all it's international break at the moment, thankfully. But we've had the Rugby World Cup and the Cricket World Cup at the same time, and I'm really struggling to cope. So uh, it just feels like there's a lot of sport to consume. Um, but that's why we're catching up, hey, Cricket World Cup. We don't have long because uh, you were 20 minutes late, and then there was a 10-minute problem with us trying to get onto the Zoom link. I was, not, I was not 20 minutes late. I was eight minutes late, and then the Zoom link delayed us for a further 11 minutes. So I okay. will take eight minutes' worth of blame. Okay, fine. Um, that means we have about 20 minutes to talk about the, the Cricket World Cup, how it's gone so far, why are England so bad, um, why are the Netherlands weirdly good when last year we saw them getting smashed all around the park at Amstelveen, and um, can anyone stop India? So that's roughly where we're going to go in very quick uh, order. Uh, but Michael, have you had a chance to watch much of the tournament up until now? Highlights only. It's often starting at like midnight, 2am my time, um, and... Luckily, I haven't because England, it turns out, have not been worth getting up at 2am to watch for. I mean, I remember probably about two years ago, Rob, we had an episode discussing whether this was the greatest England side of any format. And now we're talking about, is it the worst England white ball side? Of it? No, I'm just joking. But it has been a little bit limp. Uh, the way the bats been getting out is a bit sad and we're going to get into it. Um, I'm not ruling this out, though. I know I messaged you to get this podcast in saying should we do a podcast before we get knocked out lol and you came back with something more positive but i did i i, I think we could put a run together what do you yeah, think I, you I firmly believe we're going to come top four still maybe famous last words but happy to get this pod out before the south africa game on saturday i think we beat south africa on saturday i think we record wins against pakistan against australia probably lose to india we might randomly lose to someone else but i think uh for even four defeats, we still qualify, given how even it is and how many games Australia have already lost. Um, yeah, I expect Pakistan to win some more and lose some more. Um, South Africa obviously lost to the Netherlands. I think we'll beat them. So they were looking very strong. And suddenly we could, if we beat them on Saturday, be in a position where we've both played 4-1-2, lost two. So uh, 
Yeah, I'm I'm feeling I think we'll come fourth uh, and then lose to injury in the semi-finals. I think that's kind of how it, it feels like it's shaping up. Uh, but that, that Roloff van der Moe was re- like that was his day in the sun, wasn't it? Like that Netherlands team, I do we did not rate last summer, but they also were missing all of their best players when England came into town. So this shows, you know, they're a bit better when they're allowed to pick their strongest team. But yeah, Roloff van der Moe, journeyman. Been everywhere, played in every league all over the world at the age of uh, probably mid 30s, I'd guess. And I haven't done my research, but I don't know whether South Africa might, he might have some roots there with that name. Um, so I thought that was quite wonderful that he had such a magic game against them. So yeah, he's he's 38, but he, he has played for South Africa. There you I'm go. I'm sure he has. I'm checking. Yeah, he made his ODI debut for South Africa in uh, April 2009 against Australia. So he played for South Africa from 2009 to 2011 and has then sort of re-emerged as a Dutch Dutch cricketer. He's 38, he's 39 at the end of this year. Um, living his best life, eh? Uh, yeah. The one player I do remember who we all agreed when we went to Amsterdam, we thought looked quite good, was uh, Edwards, the wicketkeeper, uh, Scott Edwards. They're, yeah. they're captain now. I mean, we saw him bat and we thought he looked tidy and we saw him with the gloves and thought, oh, he looks like a proper keeper. And he he was very good, scored a good 50 against South Africa earlier in the week. And so... Um... Yeah, he kept them in it, didn't he? Um, no, and... Uh, the, it's funny, isn't it, how these like these players who, you know, do a right in county cricket raise their game sometimes. Like Meekins, is that his name? The bowler who just kept getting them to stay low. I mean, the amount of bowls that have been in this World Cup is crazy. Like, I feel like half the wickets, if not more, have been bowled, which I think says something about the pitches maybe, but I really enjoyed watching those South Africa highlights. I, and it was I, think, the nice pictures, I think the pictures look fine. All, of, all I've seen of all the bowls is either good, good spin bowling, but there is this, if you kind of bowl this um, cross-seam, almost like an off-cutter ball into the pitch, it does seem to kind of almost, particularly in the evening, if you're in the you know the the D factor, whatever that means, it just seems to just skid and stay a little bit lower. Yeah. But for me, the big theme of the whole tournament is I think we're seeing a whole generation of players who have lost the art of pacing a 50 mm-hmm. over innings. They play so much more 2020 cricket. It's happened today. Um, while we're speaking now, Bangladesh are playing India, and uh, Linton Linton Dust was looking really good, and then he just basically got out trying to force it when he didn't need to. He had all the yeah. time. He was set on, I can't remember what he was on, like 70 off, 78, going just under run a ball. He just needs to anchor that inning score, 120, 130, players play around him. And he's tried to force it in like a T20 kind of way, where if you get out, it doesn't really matter because there's not many overs left. But actually, he left them with 20, 25 overs left. He had Mushfika the other end. He could have really helped them build to a, a good innings. And for me, I've seen that sort of pattern over and over and over. And it'll be interesting to see if by the end of the month, players have got into the habit of pacing that inning slightly better because it feels like your David Milans and uh, Rohit Sharma's are, uh, are the exception rather than the rule at the moment. Rohit's actually going off like a rocket at the moment. I think India have got the best starting, like um, I was reading an article that was saying like they've got the best power play run rate of any of the teams and that includes the massive drop when they were two for three against Australia and had to rebuild incredibly slowly and Rohit's been a massive part of that. But I agree with you. I you can see the quality has dipped because they haven't been playing as much. 
and there haven't been many big scores. I know South Africa put up a lot of runs and when the guy broke the record for the fastest world one uh, World yeah, Cup ton. Mark, Mark we got 100, Decott got 100. I think uh, Van der Dussen got 100 as well. So they got one big, big score. And there was that Sri Lanka, South Africa game, uh, Sri Lanka, Pakistan game where Sri Lanka scored 350 and Pakistan chased it. But I bet you were buzzing. I bet you were so happy. Rizwan literally collapsing with cramp as he's hitting a four. I, I was happy. I was pleased. Brilliant. Uh, the one thing that unites those two games, the South Africa one and the Pakistan one, with they scored big totals, they were both against Sri Lanka. And that bowling attack is shocking. Uh, to most of the other teams' bowling attacks, including Afghanistan, including the Netherlands, are, are actually pretty good. And so it's quite difficult. I think that's the thing we've seen. The bowling has remained at a pretty good standard, apart from South Africa's death bowling against the Netherlands a couple of days ago. Um, but the batting... Well, obviously, beautiful shots. Players can you can play cricket, you can play cricket, but that pacing of an innings to finish it. Remember, there was a period of time where people were saying, you know, 340, 350, 380, that's a good ODI score. 300 is mm-hmm. not good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you score 300 in this tournament, it looks like, you know, you, you should be able to you're defend that nine times out of 10. No, no, you're completely right. I mean, teams have even come a little bit close to defending low 200s. We never looked like getting. Um, near Afghanistan's mid to high 200s, which feels crazy, doesn't it, when you consider what we've been doing in the last few years. Just on Sri Lanka, I do feel a bit sorry for them because they're one genuine star, Hasaranga, getting injured just before the tournament, and he's a really good player. Like, he's quality of bat and ball. He was top of batting and bowling rankings in their in their Lanka Premier League. Like, that is them losing their absolute best player. So I did feel a bit sorry for Chris Silverwood and co., um, but in terms of pacing innings and actually also another bowling attack that's been poor, let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> Our bowling's been pretty poor. Chris Wokes, I, what's annoyed me a little bit is the takes on Chris Wokes, which is saying, oh, well, favouritism, picking him based on what he's done before. Chris Wokes has just come off the be- back of the best summer anyone's ever had. Like, he's had a wonderful summer. He's looked brilliant. I know it's been in tests, but still... It's been surprising how badly he's bowled. And the rest of the bowling's not been much better. Topley's looked okay. And oh, then with the back... quite good, I Topley, he didn't bowl great against Afghanistan. He bowled okay. I mean, hard. I'm only watching highlights. I'm only watching yeah. highlights, so... I mean, it's hard. So the Afghanistan one was like, because Wokes and then Curran were getting flayed at one end. Now, Topley was like four overs for 20, which was fine in comparison. It was looking okay. He took four against Bangladesh and... Uh, and so- against Bangladesh, I feel I, I just straight it seemed like we really let it go at the front and back of the bowling innings. Um, whereas we did pretty well in the middle overs, but the death bowling I thought was poor. I don't know, I think we just look a bit short and I'm a little bit worried. Basically, I think someone needs to get tripped up in training and Joffre Archer needs to come in. That, I mean, it's just, it's the seamers that are struggling. Rashid seems to bowl pretty well. Livingston, between Livingston, Root, Moe, and they can do a pretty good job. I think we're, we're covered on the spin front. I think Topley's bowled all right. Um, and but Curran and Wokes, really, for me, both of them have not been great. You know, you've got David Willey in the squad as well, but he's another sort of jobbing left arm medium pacer. Uh, and it's it's not. Yeah, the, the the bowling is a big, big concern. And I suppose the other concern, though, is that the batting has not been destructive enough to cover for it. So Milan looked beautifully for his 100 against Bangladesh, and Brooke did well in the defeat to Afghanistan, but we were pretty poor against New Zealand and then served up some terrible bowling. Um, for... big, the, big, the big concern for me is 
we're not attacking it. Like we're getting out. They a lot of them are getting out to like half our, not half our shots. That's unfair. But like you know, not fully committed shots. Um, and we're not going quick in the power play. And I don't know. I think we're missing a bit of that Jason Roy pure pure aggression. And Daryl Milan's obviously class, and we wouldn't have won that second game without him. But him and Bess are probably still working out how to bat together. It just doesn't feel like that key part where you dominate the first 10 overs and you almost win the game in the first 10 overs is happening. And then, yeah, the bowling's not backing up either. Butler as well keeps looking good and then getting out. Keeps getting 10, 20 and then getting out. It's the same for a lot of our middle order. And that's the engine that's driven us this whole way, right? Like big starts and then an unbelievable finish. And it's just, um, yeah, let's all hope Ben Stokes' hip is okay. Quite. Um, let me quickly read you this. I got sent this by a friend uh, a couple of days ago. So George Doble wrote in The Cricketer that England have turned up relying on their basic skills, their experience, and hoping it will be okay on the nights. And in professional sport, that will not do. And I think that's probably true. Uh, my mate then sent me a bit of a... He, he kind of went off on one a little bit. This is, this, this is, this is his take on England's white ball decline. Is this Tom Hall by any chance? It, it's, it's not Tom Hall. Um, um, and so... Uh, my mate says that this is that this attitude of it'll be okay on the night back their skills um has been the attitude under butler and mott throughout it started by allowing players to pick and choose what series they feature in and a culture of casualness has infected the side england think because they're 2020 and 50 over world champions that they don't have to prepare as hard as other teams and can still win because of their individual talent but the results have been average under Mott and the 2020 World Cup win last year was largely because they chased in the semi-final because the last 10 2020 World Cup knockout matches have all been won by the side chasing and England and also um, we're also fortunate in that tournament the Australia game has rained off and to be honest we've probably been the side that's been in decline in white ball cricket certainly since the pandemic if not 2020 at least 2021 some of it's fair I, I do agree. think the 20 over World Cup, we I think I would describe us as patchy rather than declining because there were moments in that 2020 World Cup where we were still mm, the world. And being at university, Rob, I'm learning about which words have bad connotations. And I was about to say we looked imperious as we beat India. And that's obviously a, a troubling combination of words. But we did. Like what we chased it down from no wickets lost. A pretty decent total. I can't remember what it was, like 160 odd against a good bowling attack. And they just smashed it, Hales and uh, Hales and Hales and Butler, right? Um, like it was incredible, and yeah. we were scratchy in the final, and we may not have won if Shahina Freedy hadn't gone down injured. You know, like I think it was we would a, have done still. We would have, but we were still a bit scratchy, weren't we? It wasn't like a dominant. It was Ben Stokes gritting us over the line. So I wouldn't describe us as completely in decline. I describe us as inconsistent. That's interesting about the Butler casualness thing. Um, it might be some truth to it. There might. And there is something about like, yeah, Ben Stokes don't want you to ask to play for us until this World Cup. And then when it's the World Cup, please play for us. Like, obviously I want Ben Stokes to play and I'm desperate for him to play in the next match. But yeah, it's interesting that that, that, that question of standards. What do you think? Um, so I, I agree with you. I think we deserve to win that 2020 World Cup. I thought we actually played, when we got it right, we played some fantastic cricket. And yeah, bowled very well in that final against Pakistan and and chased it well although they bowled well um so i think i think it's a little bit harsh and probably paints a a slightly unfair picture i do think though there's been a loss of intensity in how the team plays in their 
bilateral series. You know, when we tour, when teams come here, we just sort of seem to play. You know, some players will play some good shots, some bowlers will bowl well. You feel there are a few players like a Topley really wanted to be a part of the setup and has has turned up to each game like determined to prove himself. But I think yeah, for Bearstows, for your Butlers, for a lot of the team, it, it's felt almost like an afterthought or a go through the motions. And because they are so good, that's got them so far enough times. And I think a, a World Cup in Asia, being a bowler light and a few players slightly out of form, perhaps now we're being exposed, that mm-hmm. you, you, I feel like from this team, there are two blokes who want to be there and want to perform. And they're particularly, obviously lots of them do, That's but who really do. And that is Milan and Topley. I think it's no... Uh, kind of coincidence that neither of them were in the last 29 one at the 2019 world cup and actually both of them missed the latter part of the, the 2020 yeah, last year because milan kind of got dropped and topley was injured they milan got injured milan got injured he didn't get dropped he did he run, got injured for the final yeah so neither of them played the final they want to win a tournament themselves they think they're good enough they seem like bit between the teeth others are still playing well like rashid's bowling well etc but i just feel that they're yeah, they they argue to maybe a bit more casual and to haven't approached the whole kind of build up to the tournament with the intensity that you feel like India are like we need to win this World Cup. I think our, our lot are like, oh well, you know, it'd be nice if we won it, but we don't need to because we've won everything already. Yeah, it's interesting because you think that drive because if they did win this, that would be it. That's history. That is the greatest limited overside in the history of cricket. If they don't, they're one of the greatest. And you'd think that'd be a big driver, but you know what? Like, they clearly won a huge amount, so fair enough. I always think there's an interesting correlation between the players who played in this very long English summer, particularly the Ashes, and who's looking tired now. Like, Bairstow had an exhausting time in the Ashes, dropping all those catches. And Chris, and Chris, and you know, hobbling, like, pretending to be a wicketkeeper. So that's pretty mean on Johnny Bairstow. But, um, and Chris Wokes literally got us back. I was about to say one of the Ashes. How funny is that? We didn't win the Ashes, Michael, but we all but did. And Chris Wokes was a massive part of that. Um, Mark Wood has bowled well. So, uh, yeah, that tired this thing doesn't affect him. But it's just interesting. We and Australia, actually, look, look some some of them look shattered. Like, I feel, I was listening to the great cricketer. Cam Green's had a terrible year <laughs> uh, since winning his massive IPL contract and life-changing sum. So not a terrible year, but cricketing-wise since then, it's all gone to pot for him. But he's literally been away from home for all but like five days in the last year. Like that is going to drain you. So coming into this World Cup with the back of a lot more cricket than, say, in India, it's going to affect you. So I'm not getting too upset. I'm not getting too angry. It's... I, I think the point post-Ashes World Cup, like that's why we changed when the Ashes happened. We had those back-to-back series in 2013 because the feedback was see 2011 World Cup and uh, 2007 as good examples, that off the back of an Ashes series, the World Cup was just uh, where you've toured, the World Cup is as knackering as a step too far. And I think we're seeing that with Australia. They came to England, World Test Championship, they won that. Ashes series where it obviously started to go wrong for them, particularly towards the end, and there was a sense of, you know, they retained, but didn't didn't win them outright, and that kind of weight goes on. And they look... They look spent. They look absolutely they, knackered. They had the World Test Championship before the Ashes. And then since the Ashes, they went home briefly. And then, you know, they had to go and play a, a one-day series before this World Cup. I think maybe two different one-day series. And then this is the kicker and the great cricket podcast going nuts over this. 
After this World Cup, Rob, guess what the Australian and Indian teams are doing? Are they playing a bilateral series by any chance? They're playing a bilateral 20-over series. After what is an incredibly long World Cup, like it's taking about four months to get done. Like I do sometimes feel for these very fortunate cricketers who can live a wonderful life. And that's the other thing that I would say to counter my, my friend's point, you know, people picking and choosing when they want to play. I was like, well, you know, I think there's a lot to be a lot to be said for that. You can't play all the, you know, you, you do end up being burnt out. You want to, you want to be playing enough at a high enough intensity, but at the same time, just flogging yourself in random bilateral series, meaning that you're spent for when it really matters, i.e. a World Cup, is, is probably futile. No, I agree. But it's right. Ben Stokes is going to come in and save us. He's going to hobble between the wickets. He's going to score gritty 50s in this low-scoring World Cup, and we're going to get over the line. I've got to go in two minutes, but just quickly, can India be stopped? Uh, I am going to say yes. You're saying Rohit Sharma's going off on a mad one, mate. We all know what happens when it becomes a knockout match. He gets out early. I think, I think in the semi or the final, they will come unstuck. And Matt, you know, a bit like in 2019 with the New Zealand's bowling attack, I can see a Matt Henry taking a load of wickets against them in a semi or a final. I think they are going to dominate the group stage. They're going to come top. There'll be a lot of fanfare and they will lose either the semi or the final. I think they'll lose one of those two games and it will be like, a, yeah, it's it'd happened again. It'd be so funny. It'd be, I mean, it would actually get ridiculous by this point if they don't win this World Cup. I'm, I'm putting out that they should win this World Cup and if they don't, they've absolutely failed. They look the best team, they look the best prepared team, they've got the right balance, bowling attack. Obviously, Hardik Pandya went off today injured. Interesting to see how that develops. But yeah, on the whole, they're looking so, so strong. Batting depth, bowling depth, home crowd. Uh, it's all in their favour. But I just can't wait for New Zealand or South Africa or us or Pakistan someone, to pull their pants down. I'd almost be happier if New Zealand won it than I'd be happy if we won it. Like they just deserve it. I'm I'm sick of New Zealand being told talked about. They never get talked about as like the top four contenders, and they just will be in that semi final. They're absolutely fantastic. They beat us, missing half their team. My, interesting to say, not the top four contenders. My feel is it's the it's really well until they lost the Netherlands, South Africa, New Zealand, and India were looking like the three. The three teams. They were, but before the tournament, if you read previews, New Zealand often weren't getting put in that top four. They were people were saying they looked tired in the series against us. That wonderful bilateral, like, is I don't know. I think they they always get underrated, and I think it's happened even more recently. The only other thing I'll say, Rob, I think you find this funny, is I was going to go watch the Pakistan India match with my uh, Pakistan friend, Pakistani friend Faisal, and just as I was about to leave mine, I look at. BBC live text and I see what's happened to the Pakistan innings where they lost how many wickets? I mean, it was a pretty... Yeah, they, they went from 100 and something like what, 122 for two to 190 all out. It was... it was So I messaged, I messaged my friend and said, Look, I've got no interest in watching a Virat Kohli procession, so I'm afraid I won't be coming around. So that was sad. But uh, yeah, hopefully Pakistan sort it out, we sort it out, New Zealand sort it out, one of us can knock India off. That'd be good. We'll see. Well, it's going to be a big staff of their heads. We've got England playing South Africa in the, the Cricket World Cup and the Rugby World Cup on the same day. So hopefully it'll be two wins for uh, England. I suspect it might be one for England and one for South Africa. I think we might win the cricket, but I'm not quite so confident about the rugby. Um, I've got a feeling um, it might be two to South Africa, but let's uh, let's see. 
Okay, don't 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 ruin my mood, mate. I I, I live in Southwest <laughs> London, where there are South African management consultants everywhere. So it's really important that we win at least one of those games. But, <laughs> look, mate, good to catch up. Have a good one, yeah, and no um, speak to you soon. Catch you soon. Lots of love.